0: Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queen's podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched The Imitation Game, directed by Morton Tildom and released in 2014. The plot of The Imitation Game goes something like this. During World War II, mathematician Alan Turing tries to crack the Enigma code
1: with help from fellow
0: mathematicians at Bletchley Park.
1: Oh, I just looked at the poster for this and it's like a Facebook po- Facebook movie Doesn't poster. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Why? Lazy. Okay, so we just we both saw Imitation Game last night separately. I saw it by myself as a loner. Um, And I was actually surprised by how much I enjoyed the Imitation Game. I heard it was mediocre um, and I was going in expecting mediocre and I got a bit better than mediocre.
0: Um, I have to say the same. I was not expecting much at all. It hasn't had great reviews from people, um, at least as far as I've seen. And I was really
1: surprised. I really quite enjoyed it um it was a lot funnier than i was expecting it to be i think that was the biggest surprise for me yeah um i wasn't really surprised that benedict cumberbatch was good in it because i knew he was going to be good in it um but one good performance doesn't necessarily hold up a whole movie right um but i think uh i I was surprised by it with the fact that it was fun and enjoyable and not just dour and miserable
0: Mm. Yeah, I have to say the same. Like, and the um, all the other actors in it are good. Like Benedict Cumberbatch is excellent, but Keira Knightley is excellent. Matthew Good is excellent. There's a whole the guy from Downton Abbey, but he was I don't know what he what his name is. Um, possibly uh, Alan Leach. probably. And um, no, he's got dark hair. Oh, um, but like. Uh Charles- I, th- I just thought that sounded yeah. Irish
1: and he was Irish and right. um, old Charles of- Dance was doing his thing is the um- No Alan Leach, John C- C- Cross was the Irish guy who ended up turned out to be the uh spy in an actually oh, right, surprising yeah. twist.
0: So his picture has like dark hair. It looked weird. I was like, I wasn't expecting that.
1: Okay. Um, See my, my my incredible detective skills paid off. Right. Once again. Um yeah. So they Mark Strong was really good in it. Mm. I think the thing that uh, I think the w- way the movie falls down is that it feels a little bit too much like a movie. Mm. If everything feels a little bit too much like it's happening as a movie, like uh, you know, Mark Strong kind of feels like a movie character, not a real person. I mean, he's really good in it. It's just that things happen a little bit too conveniently and in convenient times and stuff. I think that might be where it kind of falls down a bit. Mm. Um and I mean I can't say that it made a huge impression on me. I was pretty upset at the end of it. Um, when the title card flashed up about how homosexuals were treated, mm. um, that was really upsetting. Uh, and and you know, watching the title card come up saying that he killed himself when you've got this nice happy shot of him was pretty sad. But I was also pretty angry about how women were treated in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Kira Knightley was great, and they do kind of say that Kira Knightley is great, but it seems to be this this like this one woman is an exception. The rest of women aren't that useful, kind of a thing, um, even though the women who worked at Bletchley Park what didn't write down the codes that they took, they tried to break the
0: codes they were code breakers. yes yeah, there were women working at Bletchley Park who were code breakers, not just Kira Knightley, there were lots of them, yeah, um uh, yes, and like the guy at the at the test tries to fake geek girl her and uh, like, I, I know from my own history nerdness that there were m- – that, that crossword thing got in heaps of women and men and lots of to. really diverse people, right? Not just the men, but, he, you know, the guys – Because the- I watched so that she- whole section and I was yeah. like,
1: what the hell is going on? There must be people who don't fit into this demographic who can do a crossword yeah, puzzle. and there were. Um, but also, she's
0: – like, she's great. She has this great arc and she is really good at standing up
1: against the idiot men in her – profession right but- eventually she kind of builds that up over the yeah. course of the movie which i thought was really good i liked that she had that character arc in that journey
0: so i really liked her and also a lot of the stuff she was saying about what it's like to be a, a woman in this incredibly male-dominated profession mm. but you, you're you're right she was only able to get in there because she was exceptional the others mm. were just like ordinary dudes who did maths but she was like this exceptional mathematician double oh no first, i think there were the, like, the others
1: were supposed to be exceptional were, but it was that specific, specific yeah. thing about the crossword puzzles and the way that it seemed like mm. she was a um like yeah. that most women can't do this but she's an especially great woman right and so um, there were
0: other there were like all those other huts were full of women working on those codes mm. and a lot of women too because
1: men most of the men were called off to war so i yeah there's no real good explanation for why the guys who were back there didn't have to go to war yeah either i was wondering that a lot because i was like matthew good and and john cairncross are both clearly able to go to war one of them maybe looked a bit too young to be able to go Mm. but the others were clearly able to go to war so why didn't they
0: um yeah perhaps that like they were the only male mathematicians good enough to like not have to go to war because they were needed i, I, I don't. think that
1: should have been explained a little bit more yeah to um, me
0: yeah it wasn't wasn't very clear but also we know from you know history that there were a whole heap of women
1: doing this work mm. yeah exactly and and the fact that the movie completely sidetracks them is pretty upsetting to me i was i was cr- pretty cross with that um it's not kind of in the ethos of the movie either to do that well especially like The movie is campaigning for all of those 49,000 gay
0: men who were arrested for indecency Mm. to be pardoned, not just Alan Turing because Alan Turing got a pardon because he was famous. Yeah. And I think there's – like, in a movie that is so – like raising such an important issue about how so many good people were pulled under by unfair and ridiculous laws, like – can't you also make a note of the women of bletchley park right the women who worked there were not recognized with for their war service until 2009 and they were not given medals like their male counterparts they were given a brooch a fancy little brooch commemorating their time at bletchley and this was in 2009 6 years ago and that was the that was the first time that they were recognized because because of the secrecy of it all like they all everyone had sealed records for mm. many many years and so they couldn't. They didn't tell their their children, their grandchildren, that they even did this, and they weren't recognised for it till almost seventy years later. And even yeah. when they were, they were recognised in a really mediocre fashion. Yeah,
1: I can understand like not being recognised because of the importance of secrecy. But the problem is like that that once they were, they're still being treated badly, whereas Alan Turing, I think, everybody's kind of embraced. Well, yeah, he's a hero now. When I was in London three years ago, there was a huge exhibition
0: on him at the Science Museum. He is a hero among, like, IT people. We do the Turing test every year, all kinds of things like that. And the women who served there – they, they, they do get some recognition. I know, I know there, is, there is quite a bit of recognition about the Bletchley Park girls. I said they have a whole TV series about them, the Bletchley girls, which I meant to watch but I haven't. Um, but, the, yeah, this movie kind of underserves them by focusing on Turing. And Turing is great. I, I, he
1: was The thing is I actually feel character. like the movie underserves Alan Turing. And this is why. Alan Turing was not very secretive about being gay. The movie paints it like he comes up against um, Alan Leach's character, Ken Cross, who it turns out is a Soviet spy in a genuinely surprising twist, by the way. Mm. I was really surprised when that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But he turns out to be the Russian spy and he says to him, you can't tell my secret because then I'll tell yours. And then um, he doesn't until Joan is threatened. But the real Alan Turing was much, much less... Um, concerned about what other people thought than that. Right. Um, he was, in a lot of ways, braver than that. And I think it underserves him to say that that's what he was like. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think that is actually not entirely fair to him because um, because he wasn't concerned with the, the um, law <laughs> quite as much and he was much more uh, out there than that. And I think it also means that the movie doesn't have to deal with him being gay all that much. Only the like the way that people treat gay people badly rather than the actual sort of life of being gay right, because all we have is this fridged boyfriend from school, yeah, to show us about
0: his life outside of the maths and this thing like we don't we don't see any of his later boyfriends, we don't see what happened that led to the circumstances of him being arrested. they talk about it, but they don't actually you know we don't actually see why he might have been doing what he was doing like i think cuz they it intimate that he's paying for
1: sex with somebody mm. they don't there's nothing that leads us to why he might be doing that no um it's quite conventional and safe in a lot of ways and and that did lead to a funny kind of enjoyable movie, but it also meant that they weren't really pushing anything. I think there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about that time, and therefore there's a lot of things that they kind of had to guess at and that sort of stuff. But yeah. It was- well, they had to make prop- – I'm, I'm guessing they had to make up the whole team mm.
0: because the people who worked there were very secret. Like, they w- This – it's not was kept as what do they say at the end of the film like forty years it was kept a secret anyone who worked on there is now very very old anyway but it, people it's it's sort of one of those things where it's, people were notorious for keeping it secret what they did I remember reading a story about a quite a woman who became quite famous in later life who. Even after the Official Secrets Act was lifted on Bletchley Park, would not tell her husband what she did during the war. Mm. Who worked there? Like you, you hear stories like that about it, and
1: people were <gasps> you really mean secretive. Helen Turing wouldn't have actually sat in a police station and told the detective absolutely everything about his life. No, <laughs> oh, that's that's actually as soon as that
0: started, I was like, that's really weird. He would never have said that. Not in 1953.
1: No, I God, think. God, no. I mean, it's a framing device, but I think yeah. it's as much him telling us the story. Yeah, it is. It's actually a very and then clever uh, telling framing. us that we can't judge him. Yeah, for I, what he did. Yeah, I would actually, I
0: like, I get why they did it, and also I think it's very clever to base that or base it around a Turing test. So I
1: wasn't like I wasn't against that. No, I I, I thought that was just a, a device rather than a real thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I just I think that I it looked really nice, and it was it was. It, the time went by quite fast. Yep. Um. It never felt like it was dragging or like it was boring. It never felt really, and it didn't. In spite of Benedict Cumberbatch, capital A acting all over the screen, it didn't feel like it was. Um. It was overdone. No. It, I think. I- It took a while. Like, at the start, I was like, this is his
0: Sheldon Cooper impersonation. Like, this is a joke performance. But then, like, it probably took me five or ten minutes and it actually – it starts to work in with everything
1: else. It's funny. I didn't feel that. And I think the reason that I didn't feel that is because I know people like him in this movie more than sheldon who is a much more caricaturish thing he is is more like P- you can watch him try and work out what a conversation is is doing what it's actually saying mm. you can watch him try and work it out and then get it wrong and i've seen people do that um i think that might be why it didn't really bother me as much yeah. like i don't and and also like he he um he has mannerisms but not mannerisms that overwhelm the character He's in, he's actually like uh, he he just it becomes really really good like by
0: the time it's getting to the point where Joan has sort of told him that he might need to make friends with the rest of the team and he's he's given them all apples and he's trying to tell the joke. I was hiding in my seat like I was watching a horror movie. I was like, ah, oh, this is so awkward, but it was so perfect because I I like you know plenty of nerds and. We are like I, I understand. I, can I think there's I, more going on here than him yeah, being a nerd. I, but, anyway. but I can understand. Yeah, I can understand that that social anxiety and also like the sort of not getting social cues mm. thing. I can understand that so well. And I'm just yeah. I, I, by the time we got to that point, I was like, I was just completely in on it. And yes, I know I have a very big Benedict Cumberbatch
1: shaped soft spot. Well, no, it wasn't just Benedict Cumberbatch, actually. The kid who played the young version of him was really good as well. Mm. And there was this moment when I was watching oh. them talk – when when he was talking to Christopher about – when they were doing the code-breaking scene with a book. And he was like, isn't that just conversation anyway? And that was the moment. I think I just got, became emotionally invested at that moment because I was like, oh, they're little baby faces. They don't understand. Um, <laughs> but he, his whole thing was like, all conversations are actually about something else and not about what people are actually talking about and and it was really interesting mm. like he views the whole world as being coded in something that he doesn't understand yeah. which makes him really uh good at breaking codes yeah it i got I, I like that but the actually the best bit
0: that little kid did was in the principal's office yeah. when the principal tells him that christopher is dead the whole scene is uh, close up on the kid's face and he just goes through everything mm. while the principal is talking and i'm just he was wonderful. Like, you just see it all happen on his face and it's not overdone. He's not acting with his eyebrows. You just see it
1: happen in his eyes, in his face. And it matches up with Benedict Cumberbatch's performance really yeah. well. Um, you could believe that this was all one person who grew from that little boy to this man. Yeah. Um, so, I was impressed with him and how well he kind of fit into the story. Um, even though I felt like that, was, that whole thing was kind of an aside, it didn't really need to be there, especially since – he didn't actually call the machine Christopher. This, that is made up for the movie. Mm. Um, So, like, none of that really needed to be there. Yeah, but it they, was emotionally. They needed emotionally... a boyfriend to give him man pain. No, but it wasn't. Uh, some, I think it emotionally grounds us in the character. Yeah. Because without that, we, d- we need an access point to the character. Yeah. Because he is quite standoffish and off-putting and stuff. But then, like, I just. Found him really likable. Yeah. Um, I like when he stood up to people. I like when he made people not like him. I liked him when he was standing up to Charles Dance in that first scene together. Yeah. And uh, I liked him when he was being impatient with people because they weren't trying to adjust to him at all. And I think this is where this comes in. I'm pretty sure he had Asperger's or something. It, it certainly um, appears that way from the performance. And there's nobody who is around him who tries to get things from his point of view. Not mm. even Joan really does no, it. No, she's just trying to teach him how, how neurotypicals act. Yeah. And 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 there's this moment when uh, Alan Leach, I'm never going to remember, uh, Can Cross comes up to him and he's like, we're going to lunch. And he ignores him. We're going to lunch. He ignores him. And he's like, did you not hear me? And he's like, yes, I heard you. <laughs> And he goes, I asked you to lunch. And he goes, you didn't ask me to lunch. You didn't say anything to me that I needed to respond to. As far as Turing was concerned, what had happened was somebody came over, informed him of something. They were going to leave. He would have the information, right? Yep. That's where Turing's coming from in the scene. Nobody tries to see where Turing's coming from in the scene, and then they all hate him for it. And that is something that I think just... Because of where I'm coming from, I was like, that's not fair. Yeah, he, You're expecting yeah. him to try and see things from your point of view, but you absolutely refuse to see things from his point of view. And that's kind of like the concept of like autism as another culture kind of thing. Mm. But nobody is trying to actually go, oh, well, he hasn't understood that, that this is implicitly asking him to lunch. We have we to explicitly. Need to be direct with him. Yeah, I, I thought that too because I think I've, I've
0: been in a lot of those situations like where I've not got, picked up on social cues like I'm, I'm terrible at small talk and i'm also known to bulldoze conversate through conversations and
1: not be bothered by That's niceness because so i was I, I, for the last year i've been thinking about myself as bulldozing conversations yeah, and and you do it too right and it, i
0: remember i can remember having a conversation with you about how you learned to like you taught yourself how to do small talk and stuff mm.
1: yeah and it's not just about yeah it's partly about feeling hip for him but also for me it was about other people not putting in the effort mm. and then getting angry with him for not putting in the effort right. back when he's just being literal. Like he is none of his responses are because he's stupid. No, but That's they're because the thing. He's and then he gets angry justifiably because everybody's angry with him for not doing anything wrong. And then he gets angry and does things to make them not like him. Yeah. <laughs> Which if they gave him half a chance like Joan did, then they would find that he's not an awful person and that he is somebody that they can be friends with and talk to and all that sort of thing. And, and I just thought that was really interesting. It's, um, um, It's very English, isn't it? Like it's um one of those
0: things where the English, as specifically as a culture, have a lot of little social codes written into how you talk and what you say that but like they're really, really strongly that not necessarily what they say is what they mean. Yeah, and more so than here or in America. And uh, I think that it's very like he really comes up against the living in England thing because he's got to deal with English people who have all these little class codes
1: that he doesn't properly understand. Well, it's as you mentioned before: English people with American uh, um, yeah. words so, and
0: oh, this is my problem. Massive, massive problem with the screenplay. Very clever structure. Yes, Turing test. Good work. Okay, this was written by an American and it's really, really obvious because people in 1940s Britain did not say fired. They did not fire people when you, they left. They they might have um, asked them to leave. They might have sacked them. I don't even think they would have used a phrase like let them go. They would not have used the word fired and they would not have used – when somebody said, thank you, you would not have responded, you're welcome. That is another Americanism, especially not in 1940. Maybe people in Britain now would say things like that. But people in Britain in nineteen forty would forties would not have said that. Now, the screenplay was clearly written by an American who doesn't quite get the nuance of the language. Mm. And it, but then other times he will he will throw in lots of bloody hells and then he better bloody make it. But he won't. He just he's got that like, that really obvious bit of language just completely wrong.
1: Mm. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. Um, I I didn't. I, I sort of it sort of passed through my mind, but I was like, maybe they're trying to make it accessible. So, rather than it being, like, an accidental thing, I thought maybe they were trying – or, like, because uh, uh, you've seen – I've seen other movies where, you know, there's loads of movies that are set in the past where they use modern colloquialisms Mm, and things. that was like a – that's a colloquialism where there are other words that would have worked. Yeah, that's true. I just think – oh, yeah, it didn't really, like – I think that it just – it was just – and this is the thing with the whole movie. It's not really a straight biopic – it's like a movie version of his life. Yeah. You know, it is It is really a movie version of his life rather than a, a, a um, movie that's about his yeah, life. Yeah, and I think it's actually kind of, like, it's kind of
0: important that he gets a movie made about him. Yeah. Like, he he's an important figure. He's got a lot of fans. And it's probably an important thing to have a movie that's really accessible. Mm.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think making it accessible made a lot of the ideas in it more palatable as well. I just felt sick during the whole chemical castration scene. Like, sick. That was oh, awful. Oh, it was ho- that poor, poor man.
0: Like, it just horrible. Like, they just destroyed him. I know. It was uh, so It was horrible. so awful. But then, like, all, all through the middle, I, it was – this movie's got so many things that are up various of my alleys. Like, I love doing word ciphers and crosswords
1: and stuff, and I love maths. So, I was like – I loved all the code-breaking stuff. I was like, yo, this is so much fun. I but then- thought it would have been interesting to get a little bit more into how the machine worked. Yeah. Um, I think so, too, since it was such a key part of it. Because I didn't realize – there's a point, point when he puts little things into the slots of the letters. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's what it does. And I don't know why they couldn't have given us a little bit of a idea of that before instead of just having the front of it with mm. all the, the wheels turning and stuff. Yeah, it's, I think it's I, – yeah, I think that was really interesting because it's the machine that, like, saved
0: the English in the war, saved the Allies in the yeah, war. Yeah, the beginning like, of computers, which also made important. me go – you know who should really get a movie is Ada Lovelace. <laughs> she should. But it's not the only beginning of computers at the same in the same time period IBM was getting its start by calculating um Nazi people in Nazis prisoners
1: in yeah. concentration
0: camps. So like computing was a was starting up in a few places at the time but yeah it, it it's really important you would think it might get a bit more attention.
1: Yeah. Um yeah exactly and and I think uh it, I just think it was it wouldn't have taken that much away from the movie to have him kind of have to explain it to someone. Yeah, because I, when they kept coming in to take the machine down, I was like, yeah, can can we get? Is this the moment when we get explained it explained to us what it does? <laughs> right, because all we know is it's to break the Enigma code, but we don't know how. Right.
0: Also, it would have been a moment of character development if, say, Matthew Good's character had been able to sell the machine to the higher ups who didn't understand it, and that would have been a bit of a character moment for. Alan Turing, because he learns about the importance of being able to explain things to the yeah. mortals. Their
1: budding bromance was oh, so cute. Yes,
0: I know. I was as soon as they were in the same room
1: together, I was like, make out. There's a really lovely idea in this movie that I really like about how just because you don't initially like somebody doesn't mean they're a bad person. Mm. <laughs> and I and that went both ways with the Matthew Good and and Benedict Cumberbatch, the Alan Turing and and uh, I can't remember his name. I'm going to say Hal, and I know that's not right. Oh, uh, Hugh. Hugh. Yeah. I'm actually pretty close. Um, The the Alan and Hugh kind of storyline, I really liked how they mirrored each other because Hugh is so social. And doesn't understand where Alan's coming from. Mm. And Alan is so insular and doesn't understand where Hugh's coming from. And they both have to meet in the middle. Right. And you get to see both of them go. And, like, both of them go, I don't like this person initially, but then eventually find things that they like about each other. Yeah. And see the value in each other. And see the well. value in each other. And I like that it it wasn't just Alan having to do the work, mm. but Hugh had to do it too. Yeah, exactly. Which is what gets back to what you were talking about before, about people
0: not taking looking at things from his perspective yeah. ever. And in reality, he had a very valid perspective, and you know that that it would benefit all of them to have have a bit of a look his way.
1: Yeah, it almost feels like that's the main emotional arc for him in the movie because it mm. ends. The movie ends with a shot of like the, the the words that say the bad things that happened afterwards. But the the final shot is actually one of um of Hugh with his arm around. Alan? Yeah, when they're burning all the papers. Yeah. That- I just I really liked that part of the storyline. Um and yeah, those were sort of the key performances, I think. Kira Knightley and, and, and those two. Yeah.
0: I there was actually a really interesting little conversation that Kira Knightley has with him when he's like, But I'm gay and she's like, So? And I, I thought that was a really interesting conversation because it's like it's the nice questioning of marriage and relationships like why can't you have one partner who is the person you connect with on an intellectual level and then other partners who you connect with for other reasons like i just think it's a it was just a progressive sort of way of thinking about yeah why do you have to have one person who's everything right exactly so it's it's nice and and that's like that that statistics about some of the best marriages are arranged marriages and the longest lasting happiest marriages are arranged because sometimes it's growing in companionship that's what keeps it together not yeah. necessarily just being in love with someone i i
1: thought that was an interesting conversation as well um i yeah I, i'm trying to remember there were a couple of scenes actually i think it's interesting uh kira knightley's hair seems to have been very um accurate yes uh, it, w- it was like she could have done it herself
0: i was i was going to talk about her costuming and makeup because she has the same hat all through the war one hat that she wears all the time and that actually really does make sense because she's not she's not from a wealthy background she seems to be from a middle class background so she's suffering under the war rationing and Mm. all that kind of stuff so it makes complete sense that she has one hat and like one pair of stockings she wears the same pair of stockings over and over again and very few shoes and, and outfits and her hair it's not like Peggy Carter with the victory rolls and all that fancy stuff. Although I did notice that the other women in the background do have that kind of hair, mm. but her hair is just sort of curled and pinned up in a way that she could have done it herself.
1: And it's also not—it's uh, it, kind of stringy and and hard-looking and mm. stuff. Like yeah, it's yeah. In, it's it's flawed,
0: right? It which looks, I like. Yeah, I really appreciate that because I thought that was very. Correct to the period. I think actually, the, some of the costuming really worked well for me. There's a bit where uh, when Turing goes in to be interviewed by the police officer, mm. his suit is just slightly too big for him in that 1950s sort of style, mm. and it it's different from the suits that he has was wearing during the 40s, which are you know there's not a lot of material. He they all wear the same cl- a lot of the same clothes like Matthew gordon his his waistcoat and Turing has his particular
1: jacket. Yeah, it's a funny button not- up like the yeah. buttons but uh, <laughs> the buttons button funny um, well, it's on like, that jacket yeah, like it, they, they button too high right. and you can see this gap before and it's his like, pants
0: and- yeah and it's like he had to have a suit made when he was a 22 year old undergrad or something and he and that's the only suit that he has because he's come up against war rations and like matthew good has this one nice outfit with his navy blue waistcoat and that's what he wears every day i i, I thought that was um that made a lot of sense and they they don't there's You actually get an idea through the costumes of the scarcity of the period and, Mm. like, that, this is what real people in this time period, how they would have dressed, real people from these backgrounds. Turing's clearly from a slightly posher background because he went to a fancy school, but everyone sort of – he's not – doesn't appear to be, like, elite, but he he does – he would have also had to deal with war rationing and things like that and Keira Knightley more so, which is why it's more obvious on her.
1: Yeah, and there's other things um – Actually, it just reminded me of a scene that I don't like. When they do the crossword puzzle bit, it turns into this montage of scenes of war. Yeah. And it goes for a surprisingly long time before we see Alan again. And yeah. there were a couple of moments like that where the film kind of disconnects from the narrative, and it was weird because I suddenly felt like I was watching something else, like that, that particular montage, but there's another one later, and it, it just cuts off from the narrative for too long mm. and goes somewhere else and then comes back yeah, to it. I think they were trying to – you know foreground the war in their
0: minds because because like i mean the characters are trying to foreground the war in their minds because they're quite
1: safe where they are Mm. and they're no but i understand that with like there's other bits where you see you know when the subs are when you see the subs and stuff but they they go for a short enough amount of time that you're not disconnected from the narrative right so it's fine to do something where you insert shots of things that they aren't that they are affecting and that are affecting them Mm. but only if you do it for a short time and the crossword puzzle thing went for about five minutes. Yeah. Like it started with a relevant thing with everybody doing a yeah, crossword puzzle. It puzzles, went for longer than the time they were doing their puzzles. Yes, exactly. And mm. then it, it did there was a bomb and everything went black. And then it was the street above it. Mm. And then you went through that for a very long time. And there wasn't one person that we were watching doing the crossword puzzle through all these places so that we had a connecting thread. It was just totally cut off from the story together. yeah, it felt a bit awkward because the other bits, um, where the guy's his brother
0: is on one of the ships that's going to get bombed, and that was a lot more relevant. And yes, like, exactly. also going past the. You know, get coming off the train and all the troops are saying goodbye to their mothers and getting on the train and leaving. And
1: yeah, but that's, they only that was much off. more effective. Yeah, they And that you see Alan and, and Joan arrive, mm. then you go off to see what everybody else is doing, and then you come back to Alan and Joan getting on the train. So mm. you see that during the time when they're walking right. to the train. That's fine. The crossword puzzle bit totally disconnected from crossword puzzles or the time that they yeah. were taking to do it or any of that stuff and went completely off topic and then they came back and it was all these white men who had just done the crossword puzzle and one woman and you were like there wasn't i mean surely there might have been even non-white people who had done that puzzle. i would've there would have been more women so. definitely definitely but older also women also like a um, more diverse
0: group like most of the young men weren't there like, most of the young men were off at war. Yeah, exactly. There weren't young
1: men, so you would have had- Well, that's why I think that one guy was too young to go to war. Yeah,
0: because – but yes. But you see, like, when you see people doing it, like, you see – I think there's a guy in a butcher's shop or something mm. or a guy who runs a shop. Like, those kind of people, like, middle-aged folk and women and, like, people who were sickly or young or, like, probably a couple of disabled folk, like, people who, you know, could do that kind – who were – who you know were at home for some reason, and there would not have been. But so you also saw men.
1: soldiers doing it. Yeah, you so did. they actually took soldiers in as well. Yeah, and I was wondering if maybe the movie was going to say, "Oh, they only let people who they didn't know, like who fit into that into that group, in to do yeah. it." But apparently, it was just from the random selection of everybody in the country, the people who can do a crossword in under six minutes, are these twenty men and this one woman. Yeah. no, that's not. that's yeah. not at it would all. Have right, a, a very different group. And I think it – I don't think they were doing it on purpose. I think they did it to have that dramatic effect of her walking in and being told being, to leave. Yeah, yeah. It was, it but was it to allow work. them to fake-girl her. Yeah. But it doesn't work in the context of reality. No. no.
0: Yeah. So uh, – Again, it was trying to make it accessible, not necessarily accurate.
1: Yeah. Now, did you notice the score at all in this movie? Nope. Yeah, me either. I mean, I did because I was listening to it because I knew it was up for best for best original score. It is so pedestrian. It is just another score. It's not special. It's not interesting. Uh, that all the special interesting scores from this year were not nominated. I mean, Birdman. We talked about the score, and it doesn't get nominated. I mm. don't understand what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, I, no, I I didn't actually <laughs> notice. I but I
0: d- don't notice these things the way you do. But yeah, I didn't even. Didn't even think about it. No, costuming
1: and makeup, though, I was all, all over that. <laughs> yeah, the costuming and makeup was actually good and, and never kind of slipped, I don't think. It, it no. was very consistently good. Yeah. So, uh, shall we do ratings? Yeah, I,
0: I really like it. I'm giving it four. I'm giving it four as well. Awesome. That was easy. Yeah, that was easy. Uh, Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to read our show notes or find our old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. You can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter at screen underscore queens. We're on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash silverscreenqueens. And we're on Tumblr, tumblr tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com dot com uh you can also read katie's review of the imitation game and every other movie that she watches on her blog silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com and if you subscribe to us on itunes if you don't mind doing us a favor and going on there and leaving us a rating you don't even have to write a review you can just give us a rating that will help us out a lot and we will really appreciate it and possibly deliver cookies to your house
1: and we'll appreciate it even more if you
0: do write a review Yeah, because we like feedback and it helps us to learn and do better.
1: We'll email you a cookie. (laughs) Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.